thread. A singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. For more information, log on to Quinley.com. Thread. Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley. Welcome back to Thread, episode 64. Well, Sherry and I just got back from a couple of weeks' trip, spending some time in South Africa at Media Village and also in the UK at the United Christian Broadcasters UK Forum. That was an exciting time. And, you know, during uh, we were meeting with uh, others who are in Christian media, trying to find some new and creative ways to use this amazing tool to speak for God. And while I was there, I really felt like God was giving me something new. He was helping to direct me and clarify some things in my mind about how he wanted to, uh, to use me in the next few years. So, you know, it's really important to receive from God. It's not all talking to God. And in this episode of Thread, we're going to be talking about that exact thing, how to, how to uh, arrange yourself so that you receive from God the new direction, the new empowering, that he has for you. So if you don't have your Bible, go and get one. Come right back. We're in Acts chapter 1 for this week's thread. All right, we're back in the book of Acts chapter 1. Uh, last episode, we taught, we spoke from chapter 1, verse 1 through 11, and we said that verse 8 unlocks the entire book. Verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We talked about that we are witnesses for God. That's our purpose in the world. We're here as God's ecclesia, God's church, the ones who answered when he called. That's what that word means. God gave a call, and certain people answer it, and those people come to him, and then when they get get up to him, they find that others also answered the call. And so that group is called the church, the ecclesia. And we're here as God's ecclesia, the gathered ones, to bear witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and to the reality of the kingdom of God, to say to the people um, in, of our generation and the people in our culture, that this is real, and to demonstrate that it's real. So our witness is crucial because we tell them what he did in our lives. We're witnesses, just like in court. You would not bring someone on the stand who knew nothing about it. We're talking about your personal experience, and that's why you'd be put on the witness stand. So God uses us in the world as his new representatives. Used to, Jesus was the representative, and now Christ has passed the baton, to his people, and we are his representatives on the earth. We have a witness, and it's a crucial source of spiritual light. But our witness is insufficient unless God will also witness, because we could just be misguided. Uh, But when God witnesses, he becomes the second party in the evangelism and discipleship of the world. And in Mark chapter 16, we remember the end of that book. It says, God worked with them doing miracles, signs, and wonders. And that's what he's going to do that for us too. So we're going to give witness, and we're going to expect the inbreaking power of God to do supernatural things as we share the story of what, what Jesus has done in our life. We can believe and we can expect 
that God is going to show up, and he's going to back up those words with miraculous things. The New Testament church was a Pentecostal church. It was bathed in prayer and worship, and they expected the inbreaking of God in their daily lives. They weren't just doctrinal Christians or institutional members of a sect or an organization. They were walking with the living God through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. They were seeing signs and wonders and miracles wherever they preached the gospel. And that brings us to today's passage, which is uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. This is the passage about aligning ourselves to receive from God, lining up to know God, and to receive from God, receive direction, receive power. And, you know, we all need that. We need to receive these things. And we need to understand that on the one hand, we can't make God speak. You can't make God do anything. He's God. But his, uh, his personality is clear in Scripture, and his promises are everywhere, that if we will get ourselves in a certain posture before him, he will give us what he knows we need in order to serve him faithfully in this world. So Jesus has told them in verse 4, uh, do not depart from Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father. And so now we follow them as they, uh, as they act on that. So let's talk about how to line yourself up to receive from God and to know him. Jesus told them in verse 4, go to that room and wait. Expect to receive and get in that room and wait. And so here's your first step in alignment, and that is obedience. They did what they were told. Jesus told them to go to the upper room, so they did. They, you know, they didn't go to some other place. They didn't go to another city. They didn't change the plan in any way. They simply heard what Jesus told them to do, and they did it. And that's step one to receiving from God. If you and I want God to speak to us, we want God to direct us, we want God's power in our life, that all of that comes from obedience. In John 14 and 16, over and over, the Lord talks about those who love me are the ones who obey me. That's how I know who loves me. It's not always easy to obey the Lord. Our selfish side doesn't want to. Uh, There's a part of us that always wants to fit into this world and be like all the other people and uh, not stand out and be different. We fear their scorn. We want them to accept us. And that part of us will cause us to compromise. But we have to fight that and say, Lord, I want to be a living sacrifice, and I'm going to obey what you tell me to do. You know, the things the Lord has told us to do, they're just good things, but they are sometimes sacrificial things because we're, we're selfish. And so we don't always want to do that thing. But if we do it, as the Scripture has promised, if you obey the Lord, you will be happy. There's a happiness that comes from obeying God. So if God has told you to do something and you know you're not doing it, if you know that your life is not in keeping with how God would want you to live your life, you can't expect to receive from God and you can't expect to be blessed by God unless you're blessable. And blessable means obedient. So we just have to take control of ourself, take control of our mind, take control of our eyes, take control of our our words, and our feet to take us to certain places and just govern ourselves. You know, we can do that. We can make ourselves do the right thing. It's just wanting to. 
So if you want to receive from God, step one, we have to obey. Step two, they focused on unity. Uh, Verse 13 says, when they entered the room, and then it names all of them, uh, verse 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. You know, they, they got themselves together. It mentions all the, um, all the apostles. And then we know in the end there were 120 people that gathered physically in that room. You know, unity is a huge issue in the flow of God's power and the flow of God's spirit. When we studied the book of Mark, we saw a situation where Jesus went back to his hometown and he went there intending to do miracles for people that he had grown up with. These were his uncles and aunts and and neighbors, and he went there to bless them. But when he got there, they were so full of disbelief and they were so contrary to him that the scripture actually says he could not do many mighty miracles except to heal a few sick folk. He was frustrated. The power of God was restricted because there was no unity among these people. They were, they were in disunity against God. They did not you know, want God's ways to flow. And uh, so if we're going to receive from God, you know, first of all, we got to obey God. Secondly, we have to get unified. Uh, we need to be together physically with the people of God, and we need to be in unity in our heart with those people. Unity with God, where we know there's nothing between us. There's no uh, rebellion. There's no uh, secret to other people, secret sin but we are right with God. And secondly, sometimes this is a lot harder, right with each other, that there's no one that you're carrying anything against. You have forgiven everybody. Uh, You are walking uh, in lightness toward them. And, you know, forgiveness uh, doesn't mean that you need to excuse the other person for what they did. You don't have to say, well, they did this to me, but you know, they didn't mean to or they didn't understand. No, they may have exactly meant it, and they may have never apologized, and they may never apologize. But forgiveness doesn't require them to do anything. Forgiveness is you deciding to let it go. Just let it go. Turn it over to God. If there's any justice that needs to be handled, just let that go and let God handle all things related to justice. So walking in unity with other people, it's going to have to involve forgiveness because we all make mistakes. We all disappoint each other. And sometimes someone does something to, to you that they didn't even know they did. It's our expectations or our misunderstanding of them. And we've got them all kind of you know guilty in our mind. And if you were them, you wouldn't even know what we're talking about because they didn't intend anything by it. But sometimes there's, there are heavy things. People have done you know, really, really hurtful things against us. Jesus said, if you want to be forgiven, you've got to forgive. You've got to release your debtors and turn them over to God. So this group was gathered together in the upper room. They had disappointed each other. They hadn't been there with Jesus. Uh, Peter hadn't been the leader. He should have been. They just had a lot of a lot of breakdowns among them. They had been squabbling over who could be the leader and who was going to have the power in the group. 
And they had to get past that, forgive one another, and start to prefer one another. I see them, you know, focused on each other, on each other's benefit, on each other being blessed and going forward. But I see them doing something else here. They have, uh, for the sake of unity, they've leveled out their power systems. Did you notice that the scripture said in that upper room, and this is kind of a camp out, you know, they're, they're in this second story big loft and they're, they're sleeping there. They're just staying there. They don't leave. They're all, you know, they're hunkered down in there and they're just seeking God. They're praying, they're worshiping, but they, uh, they've included the women. Well, this is not cultural. You know, you don't, that should have been segregated. And part of the segregation is based on power. There was a, a male power over females, and they weren't included for most of the important stuff. Women were, were sent out. And now here's a group that expects to hear from God. So when you want to hear from God, you've got to level the power systems. We don't need the big people and the little people and a lot of vertical authority if you're expecting God to show up, he is the authority. He's the only authority that we need, and we need to acknowledge that we are all equal, unworthy sinners, somehow saved by the grace of God and included equally into his family, male and female. As the Children's Church song says, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Every race, every social class, level level at the foot of the cross. If you want to have fellowship, and you know some of the countries that listen to Thread, you have caste systems and other things that put one person as a, a big person and other people as small people. If you want to receive from God, that stuff has to go. The New Testament church was crystal clear on this fact. All people are equal in God's eyes. All people are saved by the blood of Jesus if they come to him in repentance and are to be included in the body of Christ equally. The third thing that we're going to see them do, and we'll cover this later, is long seasons of prayer and worship together as a group. There's just a power when you worship God with other people. And finally, perseverance. They just keep on seeking the Lord. That's all for this episode of Thread. Don't forget, we've got an app in the Android Marketplace. Just search for Thread by Chuck Quinley. And I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to email me personally, my email address is Chuck at quinley.com. I'd love to hear from you. God bless you. Till next time on Thread. <laughs>